watched it now and we already gave like you know a, a long ass summary okay you know what you should have just told me to stop playing I mean stop talking you should have just told me to wrap it no, up a little bit sooner no it was entertaining because literally as I was watching it I said oh my god everything Destiny described mm-hmm. happened in here and the kissing was so awkward because the way that Anthony Mackie was looking when he put his hands on his shoulders Mm-hmm. He was looking hella hesitant, like mm-hmm, I don't really want to do this, but since we got to prove a point, let's just you do know, it. yeah. Like I thought the kiss was more passionate than that, but it was like a little pet. I was like, oh, that ain't nothing. Like y'all didn't even do enough to to know if there was a spark. So. But you could tell that there was a spark though. <laughs> so, so is he gay? Is like is that what they were saying? Like he's gay, but I don't even know what you can even call that because it wasn't like that they was having sex with each other. They were mm-hmm. just the characters that. But it's all in the mind, though. I don't know, cause it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I. But see, if if you getting aroused or like climaxing off the sensations y'all creating in the game, like, does that equal out to like attraction in real life to the person? It didn't seem that way. Yeah, it didn't. It seem just seemed like way. it was solely the game, or like, and what kind of game are y'all inventing where these characters ain't even fighting? They just. Breaking out and having sex. I'm just confused. They're supposed to be fighting. But, but, I, you know, it shifted once they, so they supposed to be fighting. The game is supposed to be so cool because you can feel every punch, you can feel yeah. every kick, like you can feel the pain, but it doesn't apply to you in real life. So I think once they discover that you can feel everything, somebody had to be like, hmm. I wonder if we can feel this kiss. Oh, I wonder if you can feel this. Oh, let's see if we can. I just think that it evolved over time. I don't think they created the game for that initial reason for y'all but to just go in and have sex. Did the boys make them have sex with each other? Or like, because yes. I remember that first fight, 
they were like rolling on the ground and stuff and then it's then they started kissing i'm just like so are y'all making them do that or is the game itself like no they're making it do it it's their mind their mind is controlling the characters Hmm. so maybe they were or maybe because the characters were male and female maybe i don't know maybe that's why i said it's all in the mind though because like from a physical standpoint, because there wasn't two dudes that were sleeping together, I wouldn't see that as, you know... I mean, people would say that that's gay. Mm. But because it was the girl character having sex with the guy character, people were like, okay, well, that's not really gay. Which is why I think it's, like, in the mind, though. Because, like, mm. their minds are controlling these characters. So maybe they felt something... For, I still think that they felt something deep inside for each other. Hmm. But would they, they ever stop. have discovered? Would they ever have discovered that it had it not been for that game? Probably not. Hmm. Yeah, that lady that you said was from Luke Cage—that's not the same lady. They look oh, a lot alike, man. though. That's that's the girl Nicole Bahari from Forty Two. She played. Um, yeah, Jackie she played wife. Jackie yeah. Robinson wife. I don't know yeah. why I got her. They look alike. They look alike. That's what I'm saying. That's they probably look why. Like sisters. Like, I can see why you would think that, but I'm like, no, nah, that's Nicole Berhari. I love her. She's so pretty to me. Man, I'm sorry I messed it up. No, it's sorry, fine. I, I can understand how you could think, like, wow, they look a lot alike. Because when you said Misty from Luke Cage, I at least watched the first episode that I knew who you were talking about, and I was like, yeah, I can see how you thought uh-huh. they could be related. But yeah, that episode, I was dying laughing at the dinner table scene. Yeah. I was like, bruh, the way Destiny, <laughs> the way you see it, he leaned over his ear and was like, you know, I fucked a polar bear. A polar bear. Right. I was just like, bruh, it's exactly how she described it. Like, I was, and I was high too, so I'm just like, this just don't make it no better. I don't know why you watched it in this state. <laughs> but I don't know. I could really understand what was going on. I could follow it. Like, it was just, it was, I was like, wow. And I think because I, you told me already, I knew what to expect. So I was kind of anticipating it and I was able to concentrate and focus. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I had just watched it without you telling me, I probably would have wanted it off. Yeah. I probably would have. But yeah, it was I was like, wow. You said it was called Smithereens and everybody else was called the Striking Vipers. I'm it was like, supposed wait. to be called Striking Vipers. Smithereens was the second episode. Okay. Sorry. I was like, I'm just all over the <laughs> I had just watched it, so it really didn't sit in to me that, you know, that was the name of the episode. Yeah, but I know that you. We both watched something. Yeah, since, we did since the last time. We Your bald ass decided to go a full marathon. So straight we watch when they see us. Oh, I don't know how you did it because, baby, I was taking breaks in between, and nah. that last episode, nah, that last okay. episode did me. So <clears> for <throat> the people who have been living under a rock. <laughs> And just completely detached from social media and everything that's going on in the world as far as social media. Ava DuVernay has this whole limited series on Netflix called When They See Us. And it's about the Central Park Five. These five men that were wrongly convicted. Sorry, not five men. These five boys were wrongly convicted around 1989, I want to say, yeah, for okay. raping a jogger within Central Park. They were charged with all these um, crimes, and they put them in jail between the five of them, six to, I want to say, 13 years. But yeah, so that's what the whole thing was. It was like a limited series reenactment of what they went through. 
So why did you feel like you need to take breaks? Because it was just so much. Like I said, the first episode was really heavy when you see how they were interrogated, how she kept calling them animals. And it was really starting to piss me off how like she was so adamant in her mind that there was nobody else who raped this woman except for who, these five the children. Yes, the Felicity Husband. Uh, Linda Fairstein, Felicity yeah, Husband character. I was looking at Felicity Husband sideways like, if you don't get your racist ass out of here. But I'm like, she's playing a character, so calm down. Yeah, it's not her fault. Playing she's playing character. the hell out of that character, might I add. And so I'm just did like... You, did you catch how the boys was like, we were just wilding out in the park. We were just wilding out. Yeah, and she turned and it she into wilding. out until wilding. Yeah. And then connected that to them being animals. I was like, yeah. wow, y'all really yeah. took that, that little word and then made it into something way bigger than what it needs to be. I didn't want to take breaks because I didn't want to revisit it. I wanted to watch it all the way through and get it out the way. Well, your brain. Mind you, I feel like I didn't start watching it till like what eleven o'clock at night, and then I didn't go to sleep till like four o'clock that morning. So, because I watched it in parts, and you watched it all the way through. Talk about your experience with it first. Because I watched it all the way through my experience. Okay, so it's like a stream of consciousness. My mind went from the first episode of being like angry, mm-hmm. like legit angry, how they was treating them. And what really got me that started to change my anger into sadness was when they showed how each one of them basically lied on each other. Mm. And then what really got me was when they showed each one of them signing the affidavits, like signing um, the statement that they gave. And like me knowing, because of hindsight, like they were signing away their rights. And to see each one of them do it, it killed me every time to see that little boy like like scribble his name or you know sign his name on the sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, I'm pissed. And then to hear Corey or Jarrell Jerome mm-hmm. um, say within their video, "This is the first bad thing I've ever done. This is my first time raping somebody, and I'll never do it again." And I'm like, legit. You did not rape this lady. Like, like, why are you even confessing to something like this? And I know it was all because they thought they were going to go home because police was like, just tell us what you want to know and we'll let you go home. But just the fact that, okay, so first episode, I was angry. Second episode, I was immediately sad. Like, immediately sad. Mm -hmm. Because to just take them going through, like, you know, the trial and how people have been labeling them and all that type of stuff. And then we sort of kind of see how each family, like how each boy's family life is different. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is just too much. And like to see them like get sent to jail once they found like the conviction, like the verdict. Because mm-hmm. they split the trial up between three of them and then the two of them at the end. So like when the first three, when they all got convicted, like, all of them crying and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like what I taking out their suits and stuff. I was like, this is too much. And then when Corey was on trial, man, the, to hear Corey say, I can't, I can't read that well. It's just like, they, he was, like, it's almost as if he was doomed from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they took advantage of, like, his learning disabilities and the fact that, you know, he couldn't read. Like, you could just tell that something was different with Corey. You mm-hmm. can tell that by how the way that the character is being portrayed. And then when Corey goes to prison, they send him to Rikers Island. 
at the age of 16 because they charged me as an adult, but everybody else went to juvie. Mm-hmm. And, like, the first words that the officer says to him when he gets, you know, in lockup, he says something about, like, you know you have to strip down all this type of stuff. But he said something. And I was like, nah, you can't say this to no little kid, but he in prison now. They look at him like he's an adult. Then the third episode, it just shows, like, what they went through when they got out. Mm-hmm. And how, like, the world is nowhere, shape, or form. Like, it didn't rehabilitate them, like, mm-hmm. at all. It prepared them for nothing. So then I kind of felt angry, sad, like a mixture of the two. Um, To just know that, like, when... What was his name? Raymond? When Raymond tried to go... They was calling him Ray, though. When Ray tried to go get a job, and his parole officer was telling him, do you want to check convicted felon or you don't want to check convicted felon? Because if you don't check convicted felon and you go back there and you um working on the grill with him and he turns out to be a convicted felon, they're going to take both of y'all back to prison. Mm-hmm. And they was like, oh, you can't work uh this close to a school. I didn't know that they had charged them with sex offenders. Like, I didn't know they were charged to be in sex offenders until, like, somebody came out and said it. Like, oh, you can't work too close to a school. You can't be around kids and stuff like that. Now, episode four. Oh, my God. <laughs> episode four was just about Corey and what he went through, going through Rikers Island and thinking that he wanted to get transferred so his mom could be closer to him. And each time that he got transferred, he moved further and further away from Harlem. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did Corey so wrong. It's just so sad. Yeah, it is. Like how each time he would get sent to a new prison, they would beat him up. And I feel like it was implied that he got raped in prison, but they didn't show it. And I feel like you don't need to show that. Yeah. Like, everything that he went through, his art, like, the way that Ava and they did it, it was so tastefully done. It was like, it was implied that he, you know, was hurt and everything through jail. And how he was like, I ain't no snitch. Um, Just send me to solitary. Mm -hmm. Because if he would have snitched, they would have killed him anyway. And then to know that he was in solitary, like he spent a lot of time in solitary confinement across those 13 years. That's a long time being by yourself. Oh, so he was in jail for 13 years? Yeah, I think so, yeah. How long was everybody else in juvie or jail? Six, six years. So when they were old enough to go to adult prison, they got sent there from juvie? Yeah, they got sent there from juvie. Instead of Corey going straight to like prison prison. Mm-hmm. I wonder who was the first one out of them that went to adult prison, out of the four who was in juvie. Because I feel like it depended on their birthday. Yeah, yeah, it depends on their birthday. I don't yeah. know per se. I'm sure Kevin was last because Kevin was 14 when all this happened. So yeah. he said he had two more years. But yeah, I. it sounds like, I remember when you texted me the next morning, you was like, my heart, my head. <laughs> And yeah, like, like yeah. everything was just not right when I woke up the next morning. First of all, when I prayed over my food, it was the longest prayer ever. And I was just praying for, like, God, thank you so much that, you know, I am free to roam as I please. I can eat what I want to eat. I can go outside. Like, I got my family here. I'm not being beat up. Like, stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. just it was just so much to be grateful for. And it's really sad that they went through everything that they went through. It's just not fair. Like yeah. the system was created like that and it worked fine, but it was just, Oh, I still like, even after watching when they, when they see us, I don't know why, but I'm the type that if I feel like connected to something in any type of way, I do a deep dive mm-hmm. on everything. So like watching interviews, like reading about them, stuff like that. I'm that type of person. 
and like to look at Corey now, like mm-hmm. Corey in real life, and to hear him speak, oh, you can just tell that like they stripped so much from him. Mm-hmm. And it still breaks my heart. But that's my rant. I'm done. It was just too much. Okay. Well, I watched it in parts. <laughs> I think I watched the first one the Saturday that you watched it all the way through. Or maybe I mm-hmm. think it was Friday that I watched it. I watched it Friday night and I just remember crying because there was one particular scene where Kevin's sister came in to come and get him and she was like, I'm not about to sign this. Yeah, she was and like, I'm not signing this. Kevin's just begging her like, please, I want to go home. Please just sign it. Like, you know, he's telling her at the same time, I didn't do it. You know me. Like, I, I would never do that. He didn't even know what half of the stuff was they was talking about. He don't know about rape and sex and all that. So, right. like, seeing her had that struggle, like, I should not sign this. But when you see your little brother crying, his face is swollen, and he is telling you, please, I just want to go home. Like, just please, I don't want to be here. It's just like, it really did something to me. And I really felt for Corey because I'm just like, all you was trying to do was be there for your homie. Yeah, and they pulled you in this shit, dragged you in a room and slapped you around and, you know, made you admit to something you didn't even do. And I kind of feel like the way he was explaining it, I'm like, if they show this in court, I wouldn't believe this because he's stumbling over his words and, like, don't know names and stuff. So I'm like, how could a jury watch those tapes where they're basically flubbering over their words and think, yeah, for sure, these people, they definitely were the ones who did it. And then if they didn't find DNA evidence, I was like, really? Like, like Linda Fairstein, really? Like, your, your racism is that bone deep. They like you yeah. just you know like it's it's them because they're animals, and they're wildings and like they did this and there's a sixth person and we can find them like it was just like every time they something showed them that they were wrong they pulled something else to kind of make it seem like they were right, or they found a way around it and I'm just like Ugh. the trial I don't know how I felt after the trial I was getting pissed at like. Antoine's dad for basically like making this dude, making your son lie and then when he needs you the most to have his back like you ain't nowhere to be found, you're not coming home yeah. you miss half the trial you know like then when you do show up you put them in a in a cab and pay for it and he thinking you coming home with them so he can get the support he need like it was just weird because I think the last conversation they showed Antoine went off on him in the bathroom and yeah. I'm like, imagine if they didn't talk again after that, all that pent up resentment he had was transferred to the third part where you see him like not even fuck with his daddy like that yeah. because his daddy left him high and dry. And then when he's sick, he came back home and the mom, just like many black women do, took put their own personal trauma aside and took him back in and took care of him. And it's just like, he was just like, no, I'm pissed. Like, and I, and I felt yeah. for him because I'm like, Y'all, like, the first episode, we see how close y'all are when y'all talking about baseball. And to see y'all relationship deteriorate the way it has, like, it was, it was, it was just sad. And it happened so quick. It happened so fast. It did. It really did. And it's just, like. Because he looked up to his dad. And then his dad, like, sold him out. And I think what really pushed his dad away was the guilt. Yeah, I think that's what it was. felt extremely guilty that my son is locked up because of me. Yeah. And it's true. Because Antoine was like, hey, I'm not, mm-mm. dad, you want me to lie? I'm not about to lie. You told me not to ever lie. And what was really fucked up was that, like, they had them boys in there for that long, and, you know, they were calling, 
they were calling parents, but it's just like the parents didn't know. A lot of the parents didn't seem to know their rights. The kids didn't know their rights. And Yusuf Mama got there in the nick of time. And the audacity of Linda Ferris seemed to be like, who do you think you are? I'm like, bitch, that's his mom. Who what do, do you, you mean? you are? Are you serious? And then they kept saying, well, his ID says he's 16. And he was like, well, no, I did he's it 15. to impress girls. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm 15. I'm like, I just... And then- it, it was it was, just it was just the way that they were twisting their words, bro. And Even Ray's story was sad too. Yeah, it was because too. his dad had to go to work and his grandma couldn't was speak there, a lick of English. She didn't know didn't know no type of English, and they just escorted her out the room, and then it was a wrap. But as soon as grandma left, it was a wrap. Yeah, and his story coming out of jail was a lot because you know Ooh, his dad God. had moved on, got remarried. Which I wonder what happened to Ray's birth mother. They never talked about her. Yeah. But, um. You know, he gets out, stepmama grilling him from the gate, don't fuck with him like that. And I was really pissed off at his dad because I'm like, you allow this woman to disrespect your son right? like that? Because for some reason, I guess the bitch got it in her head that, like, he's an evil person, he's around kids, I don't want him around here. I'm just like, even when that one that one scene where the kids was jumping all over the couch and he went in the kitchen to get some food and she know he cannot speak in Spanish, Spanish. That way, and so she, she sent, would say, and she slick sent that lady in there. Yeah, she would do slick. She would say slick little shady shit, you know, because she knew he wouldn't be able to understand. He's like, I'm sorry, I thought this is the the kids could eat or whatever I could eat too, and you know, just was calling him a rapist. And I'm like, you letting this bitch talk to your son like that? Like he was making me look at the actress crazy too, because I'm like, you playing this role a little too well, and it's pissing me off. Okay, <laughs> whatever the fuck her name is, I forget. Uh, she was oh, I just like I was like, bro, if I was a female, me and that bitch would have been boxing in that house on everything I love because the little slick comment she was making, her attitude, like, bitch, he was here before you, right? You the new and that's bitch. his bedroom, exactly. You got your kids all up on here jumping and running over like some goddamn banshees all over the apartment, the TV up loud and shit. I would have told you to turn that shit down too, like the sense of entitlement. And did she call the PO office on him because she said she was gonna do it, but I didn't know if. She was the reason why when he came out the house, all yeah, the, he got locked up. Yeah, like did she really do that? I we would never know. Fuck that bitch anyway. Probably she probably did. Fuck that bitch anyway. And then when we got to Corey episode, I said, man, if I didn't think anything was worse than the first episode, that shit really. I was like, you know what really, so- really, really made me say not really, 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 but you know what ticked me off about Corey's story what? was how Yusuf mom. Yeah, she pissed spoke me of too. Corey and how she treated Corey's mom. Yeah, I'm like he went because to bat Corey for your was son. only there because he knew if I don't go with Yusuf, Yusuf mom is gonna kill me. Like they didn't write him letters. Yeah. Like they didn't do anything yeah, for this I boy. I, I didn't like his mom either. I was like that bitch can go too. Honestly, excuse my friends about his mom, but like oh I'm like gosh. you are ungrateful as fuck, and you have this sense of. My son is better than y'all sons because he's smart and I know he ain't doing it. He the only one that didn't sign the paperwork. It was just a whole lot of entitlement and superiority because her son didn't get caught up in this shit. And I'm like, well, if you had if you had been a second late, honey, he would have been one of the ones signing it to go home. Yeah. So get over yourself. And for you to do Corey like that after he got involved in this shit, trying to be nice and be protective of your son, like she was full of shit for that. And I was like, well... I mean, it was fucked up when she lost her job, but I'm like, girl, karma is a bitch, and God do not like ugly. And, like, the way yeah. you've been walking around here, tooting your nose up and being, you know, shady to other to the other parents, it's just like... And, and wasn't she the one that hired a damn divorce lawyer? Yeah. To defend her? I'm like, girl, girl. 
Girl. He pulled it together though. He did, but it was just he like pulled, girl. At first it was oof. It was a little rough at first, but he got his shit together. He yeah. he really did. But like when Corey, I think what really touched me was when Corey was in solitary and he went back to that moment with his girlfriend where yeah. He was, you know, they were supposed to be having a date and he ended up leaving, but in this one he stayed. And I'm like, bro, I cannot I cannot tell you how many times stuff has happened and I go back in my mind and I think if I had just done this, maybe this would not have happened. And to yeah. see him be in already in a confined space with no air, burning up, having to sleep naked and be naked all the time. And you take on to the fact that like you know, if you had just stayed with your girlfriend and y'all went on y'all you date, would never be not, you would never be here if you had just hung out with her instead of trying to follow behind your boys. And I wonder what happened to that girl. I really did. But I'm just like, it just it just hit me. I was just like, man, like, this this boy, like... Well, all he had was his <sighs> his imagination. That's true, but it just really hit me that, like, how all alone he was. Like, that's how yeah. alone he was. Like, he his mama couldn't come <clears throat> and see him like that. And then when he, when he had to find about his sister passing away the way she did, yeah. and he went over that last conversation they had, um, when she left the house and didn't come back. And Nisi Nash, I got to give it up to her because she played the fuck out of that role. And there mm-hmm. was some different acting from her because normally she's, like, funny. But I was just, like, he had to find out like that and then just him screaming, don't nobody give a fuck about me because no one wrote him. No one came to visit him. Or it was hard to visit for his mom because he was so many miles away. Yeah. I was just, like, I, I just... <laughs> and even with him going to, like, the parole hearing or whatever for mm-hmm. him to get out early... And they'll be like, well, the only way you're going to get out is if you confess to your crime. And he and stuck. He would always be like, well, I didn't do it, and I'm not confessing to my crime. And they was like, okay. And like, he went so many times. He was like, I'm just maintaining my innocence. I'm not saying that I did something that I didn't do. Yeah. And fuck that cop who, when he was getting stabbed. The first one? No. The third one, when he was getting stabbed. Oh, the black and he guy. Was, yes. was that the black guy? Yes. Oof. I'm like the worst of them all. When he was getting stabbed, he was finna like beat his fingers off the thing. And then when he was in the hospital, when he was in solitary, he was like, you know, I came to tell you that you're not a star around here and you need to choose wisely on whether or not you want to go back in general public or stay in here. And I'm just like, I hope, I hope somebody beat the dog shit out of you. I hope <laughs> you go straight to hell. I hope you burn, you, you, you bitch. Like, I'm like, this, like, it was just disappointing to see that like out of all, you would think a brother would be on his side. But mm-hmm. to see that brother do him like that, watch him get stabbed, and then come in there and taunt and gloat and like hit him and push him, I'm like, you a bitch, you a pussy. And I hope, I hope God strike your ass down. I hope I was, I was gonna say something nasty, but I'm not gonna go there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just keep it in my mm-hmm. head. But no, fuck him for real. And I, yeah. karma is so real, so I hope he got it good because that was some well, you up know, shit. it always comes back around. Ooh, that made me so mad. But when they got out and to see what happened to them. A lot of them, they live down south, and I know one of them live in Jersey, and Corey's the only one that's still there. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, like, one dude had eight kids. I was like, man, you wasn't playing, bro. Like, as soon as you I got mean, out, you know. But they could never get their time back. That's true. But I feel like them kids was born back-to-back low-key. Mm, eight too. children. Just making up for lost time, but... Yeah, and then you watched the Oprah interview, which I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I heard oh, it was God. a lot. <laughs> it, it broke me down. It broke me down again. I heard about Antoine and what, what yeah. his dad he and his never, mom. He said he'll never forgive his dad. He said, I know I should go to therapy, but I'm too broken. I'm too broken to be fixed. Mm. 
You know how low you got to get to feel like you ain't no hope left for y'all. And when feel? you look at his body language and his demeanor, he you can just tell that he's full of rage. You can just see it. Like he is upset. He's still upset. Mm-mm. And Corey don't talk much. Corey is like a man of few words. Because mm. they broke him. Yeah. He was. He already had a hard time, at, you know, articulating himself when he was young, and like being in jail and in prison, and then also having to be quiet about what he was going through in prison like that first time he got beat up and they dragged him in that closet and his mom asked him if they was treating him right and if he was okay and he had to swallow that and say yeah when really he was scared of shit and hurting inside the fucking security guard is not gonna uh protect you unless you go use your commissary to buy him fucking snacks and the best one he had was the one that bought him that chia pet in the second prison he got transferred to. Yeah. Like, that man was the sweetest to him. Even got him a job or whatever. But I'm just like, when you think about how he had to be quiet about all the shit he was going through, and the guards was just turning a blind eye or turning their back on his pain, it's just kind of like, I wouldn't want to speak either. I don't even know what you could say to articulate what you went through in words. And I'm sure that was just a glimpse of what he went through yeah. in there. So I can't imagine what other horrors he didn't been through. It's just yeah, and to hear that Ava also had, like, crisis management counselors yeah. and, like, therapists on set and stuff for the actors and also, like, the men that actually went through it. Since you rehashing all these, you know, feelings and experiences that you went through. And then, you know, sometimes actors, they take their work home with them and it's yeah. still in their head. So it was good that she had those people to help support them. It was just hard to watch. It's still even just hard to even think about it. Yeah, it really is because it's like... I, afterwards, I was just like, I'm so thankful that that wasn't my brother. Yeah. Like, I don't it could really be anybody. Yeah, I don't know if that's fucked up to say, but I'm like, I'm just blessed that, like, I just, there was nobody, friend, cousin, nephew, there was nobody I knew because I can't imagine having to go through that situation or having to see my brother go through that situation and break yeah. and come out to be a different person than what I remember and, like, how to cope with it. You know, those boys died in prison. And they came yeah. back reborn, totally different people. It's just, I'm just like, thank God we didn't live in New York around that time. Thank God. Like, my Girl, that could have happened anyway. It could have, but I'm just saying for this specific it's situation. It's still happening. I'm just saying for this specific situation right here is what I'm talking about. I was just blessed that, like, I don't, I, I haven't had anybody I know be affected by something that traumatic. So, yeah. I know it's happening that- everywhere. <laughs> One person goes to prison, the entire family goes to prison. Yeah, it tears true. the entire family apart. That's very true. All right, let's get off the heavy stuff. Um, yeah, let's let's brighten it up with the question. I was like, I sent you something last week, and it was like um, a photo of like four different celebrities, and they were all flip phones, I think, and they were asking like, which one of these phones would you want? But I can't remember what the phones look like, but it just made me think about how when I was in fifth grade. That's when people started getting cell phones that I knew. Mm-hmm. And the cell phone I really wanted was a Razor because everybody I had, had a them. What color was yours? I had two Razors. The first Razor wow. I had was all black. And then the second Razor that I got was maroon. I wanted one so bad. I think I wanted And somebody the blue stole one. the maroon one. And she was so stupid. They stole it in middle school. Somebody broke into my locker mm-hmm. um, when I was on the basketball team. One of the girls on the team stole my phone. And my sister called my number. And who you? What did on? she say? My sister called the number and they and they answered. And my sister was like, "If you do not return this green phone, 
to such and such middle school in the next 30 minutes on pressing charges. And her stupid self brought the phone back to school. And I got my phone back. Wow. But before I got the Motorola, I had a Sony Ericsson. And I had the one that it it swiveled up. I don't know what it is. I I just know that's the phone I know. It was like having a Nintendo uh, Game Boy Advance SP. Like, I remember when those came out, everybody had them. And that's what a razor reminded me of. It was like, I want one. I want the baby sky blue one. People had pinks and reds, the gray, the black. I was just like, man, I want a razor so bad. And I think my first phone was like a track phone where you had to put the minutes on it. My second one was a Nokia. And I think it was around the same thing. But I love that phone because I was able to record ringtones. And I think that was my, I was going into my eighth grade year. And I just remember I had so many ringtones of songs that came out. You remember that song, Give Me the Business with Young Bird? Give me the business. I had that. I had Looking Boy. I had that as a ringtone option. I had um, So Fly by, what's his name from Peaches, not Peaches and Cream, from 112. Oh, what is his mm-hmm. name? The lead singer, Slim. I, like, I just had so many ringtones. So I'm just like, after that, I had a Verizon alias and then from there i think i started getting iphones so yeah i don't know when i first got an iphone but oh i know what phone i had before i got an iphone i had an htc i don't know what it sounds familiar i think that was like the first touchscreen phone i had and it came with like a stylus or something uh you know what i could have went for a sidekick too the ones that flipped no if i had if i could get another phone from back in the 2000s i would have wanted one i like the way it flipped up and I probably would I want a pager. Again. I probably would want a pager too. Imagine you getting paged for something. That's like a text message. You might you should just send me a text. I'm just saying these are some of the devices that I wouldn't well, if I go back to the nineties and live through there, I'm sure I could have me a pager because cell phones weren't around like that. Mm-hmm. You was like a celebrity if you had a cell phone because they used to be bulky and come in the car or yeah. like come where you had to pull the antenna up and talk on them. So it's just amazing to see where technology has come so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm jealous of all you razor owners. <laughs> I really want that phone. <laughs> it was so small and sleek and cute and sharp. I'm like, yeah. Can I please have a cell phone? Can I please? Even though I used I don't to be texting it? like crazy. I can see phone. you doing it. I can see Because, you know, back then you had to hit like a certain key over and over again just to get yeah. the letter that you needed. Yeah. What they used to call it? Was it T9 texting? Was it T9? I didn't know it had a name. I just thought it was texting. And like I used to see people who learned how to like text without looking. So they would be in class. Yeah, I used to do that. And you think they paying yeah. attention, but they secretly like you look over and they down there going off. Like, no need to proofread. Just send it. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I want to be like that. But I ain't had nobody to talk to in class anyway, so. Who was you talking to or texting? Girl, everybody. I remember, like, the boys and stuff I used to text. I still remember all their names. I still remember what they look like. I'm not going to name no names, but I remember. <laughs> oh, memories. Nostalgia. Right. Um, oh, speaking of. What? Boondocks is coming back on. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Season 5 with the original creator, Aaron Magruder. I used to watch Boondocks with my sister. That show was so funny, but it was so real. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the R. Kelly episode. 
And I, mm-hmm. I feel like there was another episode because I know that Reed was talking about it in every episode that he named. I was like, I remember that episode and that episode. The one where Huey was watching BET, I guess, to kind of like prove that it rots the brain and he was watching it for hours and hours and he was just getting sicker and dumber. And then somebody turned it to the news and he like snapped out of it. I was like, wow, like if that ain't shade, he threw a whole tree at BET. A whole tree at them. I was like, wow. I don't even watch BET now. I wonder if it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. I wonder what BET he was talking about, though. Because are we talking about 106 and Park era or everything after it where they only play movies? I don't know, but when you think about it, the only thing popping on BET at the time was 106 and Park, and it came on one time after that. It was other stuff on there, though. Yeah, but it was but see, more music focused. I don't want to say focus. that because before our generation, it was more stuff on BET. So I don't want to say that. But yeah, it was popping. music stuff, like because it yeah. was Cedar's World and Rap City and Hits from the Streets. And you had know what Hill. show I used to like watching? What? Um, shoot. When they used to take you behind the scenes, Access Granny, Access Granny. Yeah, yep, I know what you're talking about. And they used to be like, um, and he, hey y'all, such and such, and here's the world premiere of my video. The well, thing well, premiere, pop up, premiere, the p- 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 premiere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I remember that. Yes, because Aaliyah's video, her Rock the Boat video, yeah, Rock she, the Boat video. They showed that after she passed away, and it was just like, damn, <laughs> like you see how much work was put into that, and like how much fun they was having and how dope she was as a person. And it's like, damn, this girl really dead. Like, yeah. crazy. And every video was gorgeous. Like, the, the the water, the sunset, the dancing, the song was already popping. When, how old were you when you realized she was talking about sex? Because I feel like I didn't, I thought she was talking about a boat. I didn't when I catch was that until, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's the same thing when I I remember running through the house and I was singing promiscuous girl. Oh, that's my you song. know what? And my mama snatched me up. <laughs> talking about so do you even know what promiscuous means? <laughs> and you know all them damn songs, but you don't know that fucking algebra. Some she would say like my mama always would equate stuff to how much you knew one thing to the last. That's black parents in general. Something else. I bet you don't know your ABCs like you know that song. I bet you don't know your spelling like you know that song. Oh, and here got a favorite line. Well, if you could get off that phone. <laughs> yeah, you don't even be on the phone sometimes. You don't just... even be on the phone. If you wasn't even on that phone, I wouldn't even be on the phone. Like, no, like, when I was supposed to be sleeping at night, I was definitely on the phone. You know, like your mama opened the door and you just play like, like your whole body collapsed <laughs> like you sleep. <laughs> That's exactly what you're talking about. And I can picture that was it in me. My head. That was me. Yeah. Oh, and just to get some of the little smaller topics out, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors for winning their first NBA Finals. Really, congratulations to Drake because he acts like he was on the uh, court no. sweating no, and putting in no, work. No, I'm not saying congratulations to Drake. Drake was not out there, man. Uh, oh, you the can't basketball. tell him that he was holding the trophy. He got a hat. I actually made. wanted. I don't know why, but I wanted the Warriors to win again. I was my. You wanted a three P. That's what you wanted, but they keep I having. First of all, Kevin Durant got hurt, and then Clay Thompson so, tore his Achilles, and Steph came to Clay Thompson himself. did not get hurt, this would have been a whole different conversation. They would have had a game win tonight. Mm, yeah, mm, that came on when Thursday. Yeah, so they yeah. would have had a game tonight, and they would have been back. Yeah, no, they, they would have been, yeah, they would have been back in Toronto. Yeah, I remember how in denial you were. ACL. Last time when I said they were going to lose the game or they were going to lose the finals, and you was like, no, it's not over. Um, But now it is. 
And okay. I love the Warriors. They've done a great job. But it's okay to let other people but win. congratulations, Toronto. Yeah, congratulations, congratulations, Toronto. It's okay to let others win. It's going to be all right. But I'm not saying congratulations to Drake. <laughs> I mean, Steph Curry took the time to FaceTime him and congratulate him. My whole thing is how Drake acts on his songs and in real life is an accurate depiction of what he did when they won the finals. Like, Drake, to me, is the epitome of biting other people like cultures. Damn, uh, where you where this coming from, my lord. I I like Drake, but it's just this is an accurate depiction of everything that he's been doing. <laughs> like I'm not shocked that he acted like this. And I'm not shocked that y'all feeding into this congratulate this man. I'm not shocked about anything. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, to get back to more serious things, um, the Sudanese massacres. Are you like privy on what's been going on? Yeah, I am, but it's it's all in bites in pieces. So what are you missing? I just feel like I wish I knew exactly what was going on. Okay, but you know how it got to where it got. Yeah, like I okay. know that they um ousted like the Amar uh, uh, Al Bashir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he was in power for thirty years, and, and then they ousted his successor him in April. came in. Well, I didn't know he had a success. I thought that the protesters and the people were like, we want a civilian-ran government, not a military-ran well, government anymore. And that's well, when... Still, yeah. I didn't know somebody came in after him, though. Like, I just thought that... It wasn't like it was supposed to be his flat-out successor. It was mm-hmm. like the person that came in is, like, just as bad. Yeah, it's really sad what's going on over there. And I more so wanted to kind of, like, talk about the media coverage of it or lack thereof. Because I kind of find mm. in a lot of instances when it comes to third third that's a third world third world country right I can't even talk right is it considered yeah. okay well they also went on a whole um, media blackout <clears throat> they shut yeah. off everything yeah but I feel so like like they can't really share exactly what's going on I feel like in other instances stuff that's happened over there the media typically doesn't cover it or give it as much exposure and I, I saw mean, a lot of people it depends on the color they skin I feel like a lot of people were bringing up Notre Dame and how like much money was donated to them and how much coverage it got and with this in comparison it's like no one is really talking about it and I know Rihanna I remember she posted on her Instagram story what was happening over there and I think that's what helped a lot of people start figuring out or yeah. at least researching what's been going on, changing their uh, Twitter abbeys or their Instagram abbeys to the color blue. blue. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, I don't know still if the media has started picking it up, like the CNNs or the MSNBCs or if they start picking up what little is out there. But I know it just raised a lot of questions about people feeling like when it comes to black and brown people's issues, the news is nowhere to be found. But if it's something like a church burning, like everybody in the world is breaking their neck to read about it to donate so I don't know I mean I don't blame people for not knowing because it's like if the news ain't covering it and it's a media blackout like you said how are they supposed to know what's going on but I don't know have you seen anything with the news no I don't really watch the news I should but I don't it's too it's too much the news is too much I don't even but um I know you had another question earlier about dream We jobs. can save it. No, we can save it for next time. No, I kind of want to answer it now, and I kind of want to end on a lighter note, because I don't... Sudan okay, so what's, like your, so what's your dream job? I want I you to go first. Because I've been looking 
for job FF. So I'm gonna try to make this quick and short. I kind of want you lot. to go first. All right, I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna try to make it quick and short because I talk a lot. I'm gonna interrupt you if you do. Okay. <clears throat> I think that well, first of all, my dream job is I think a multitude of jobs because I definitely want to be my own boss. So it would have to be within the intersection of luxury, fashion, entertainment, and music. I kind of want to be the go-to person for like people that's really making a difference and people that's like, you know, shaking things up. Like I want Beyonce to call me and be like, hey, Disney, listen, we got this idea. <clears throat> we don't fully know how to like, you know, really grow it and turn into what we need it to be. We need you to come in for like six months and just like, you know, really help us flush this out. Or Diddy will call me and be like, hey, sis, I need you to come in for like, you know, just two weeks. I just need two weeks. You know, we're going we gonna to try to map this whole space out and then, you know, we're going to be done and we can move on to the next project. Or like, <clears throat> it's almost like I want to be a mix between Beyonce, Olivia Pope, and Oprah. Just throw all those three people together. Because I guess the Olivia Pope aspect is like she's considered the fixer. Like anything that needs to be done, she gets it done. Now I'm not going to be doing stuff where like this person got to die and stuff like that. No. It's going to all be done in good faith and good taste. And how I want people to know me is whenever there's like an event or something or like, you know, there's some type of coverage. And I'm like standing next to Beyonce or something like that. People, I want people to be like, "Who is that? Like, who is that lady?" And then, like, finally, you start doing your research and stuff, and you're like, "Oh shit, she really like you know, full on boss." Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of want the same feeling that the guy that donated, um, not donated, that paid off those uh boys student loans in Morehouse. Yeah. I want to be like that. Like, wow, how you do that? Well, what did you do before you got that? And like, how he has like billions of dollars and stuff like that. That's that's my dream job. If we can just marry all those things together, that'll be great. Okay. You done? Yeah. Um, in a perfect, perfect world, my dream mm-hmm. job, I would be a singer. I wanna be a musician. But can I, I want a manager. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you said you wanted to if I did You know that, I'd be fine. You know I would be fine. You said that if I did that you would want to be my manager. And, like, I just really want a band, like, the internet or Anderson Pop. Like, I would do, I would want to do, like, funk music and R&B. And, like, I just love the way live instrumentation sounds. And so I just, I think in a perfect world, I would be in a band or I would be a musician. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in the real world? No, um, your dream job is already in the real no, world. No, I mean, I just feel like, yeah, I can sing. But I just feel like these days, singers come a dime a dozen, and you have to be really special or have a really special voice or a really unique sound to get people to pay attention to you. And that's why people like her can take off the way they do, even though she's also kind of shrouded in mystery because for the longest we were trying to figure out who she was, what her face was and stuff. But that's why people like her start to thrive or like, what's a guy who was, who was like Frank Ocean or... Um, what's a guy now that's coming up that's starting to thrive? I want to say Daniel Caesar, but we canceled him. So, 
I don't. I, it would have been him, but he fucked it up. I don't know, but her is a good example of what I'm saying. So I'm just saying in real in the real world, if I could, I think I would be do some, doing something creative too. I feel like I would try something new every five years. Like mm-hmm. I would want to write, like write shows or like series. Or mm-hmm. in a five more years, like I said, I want to create my own anime and I want it to be unique and with black characters and like violence because I love shit like Mortal Kombat. So I want it to be niggas fighting each other and chopping off arms and legs and shit. Like I just want, I just want anime with some action in it, you know? Okay. And then like maybe five years from there, I'll like write a book. Like I have it in my mind that I want to write fiction and I want to do like a dystopian novel or something based off of something that's happened today and like maybe where it could be in the future like five, ten years mm-hmm. from now. Like I just feel like it's something in the creative realm or like music supervision where basically you pick the song for like different TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed the lady who um does the music supervision for Atlanta. Her name is Jim Malone. I interviewed mm-hmm. her when I was an undergrad. And I'm like, the music that's on Atlanta is dope. And she also did the music for Creed too. So I'm just like if I could do something like that, because I love music and I love listening to new music and find a new artist, I would. I feel like I can enjoy it. I would enjoy it. So, hmm. I just feel like my dream job is somewhere with creativity, like you said, paired with music, you know, mm-hmm. paired with writing, even if it's not me writing album reviews or whatever, but that's what I want to do. That's my dream job right now. I just want to be able to, like, lay all my ideas and stuff to rest, because when I die, I don't want to be carrying that with me. Like, I don't want no regrets yeah. when I pass on like, I need to lay everything down, every idea, even if it's not something I actually put into manifestation. Everything that I ever wanted to do, I want it all to be laid out. Because if I don't do it, then maybe somebody else will. So, that's that's probably my dream job now. I'm here for it. Yeah. So, on that note, I feel like we just need to go get it. Yeah. Let's go get it. Yeah. For sure. You're so right. And I think this is, yeah, we just need to go get it. Yeah, we at that place in our lives where we're almost 25. Let's go get it! Oof, oof. And like, you are okay, yeah, but since once I turn 25, in a couple of months later, you'll be turning 25 too. So what I'm saying. It's not a couple of months. Oh, my God. That's not a couple of months. That's literally like five months. Okay, that is a couple of months. I feel like a A couple couple is is two. No. Listen, since of, the point nope, of the matter is nope. we will be turning 25. And like we're not that once we turn there, we're at the middle point of where we're finna be in our late 20s and into our 30s. And I just kind of feel like when I'm 30, I do not want to be looking back at my 20s feeling like I should have been started something. So and you okay, we're not. I'm gonna do you it. Like you said, I'm I'm agreeing Let's with you, sis. It. I'm agreeing with you. Okay. Damn, let me finish and my think- point. <laughs> Shit. Well, I think this is a good stopping point because I have to, you know get back to work okay and go get it okay but this is good best dream it is um i don't know when it's gonna come out but all right let's sign off is are we doing our names again no we don't have to you just want me to end with no don't end with it you can end it right here all right (laughs) bye see y'all next week (laughs) 